We are back for another edition of Champagne Room Hoops podcast, again, brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. Uh, as part of the Beyond the Big Ten podcast network, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and again, on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. Also, make sure to follow on all social media, Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond Big Ten. Uh, again, I am former Illini point guard Sam Maniscalco, again joined by Illini legends Brandon Paul and super-duper swingman Billy Cole. Thanks for tuning in once again. Billy, Brandon, what's up with you all this week? What's going on, fellas? Um, not much. We just got back on break, or back from break. Uh, we won a nice game on the road, which was cool, because we really didn't have any team practices in the last two weeks because all the guys were at FIBA, the national teams. So we got another one this weekend, and... Just fighting a good fight out here, man. Enjoying life. Did you go for 40 like we told you? I tried, man. I launched a lot of threes. <laughs> I launched about 11 threes, man. Did you? Yeah, but it is what it is, you know. We got the How win. many did you make? Don't worry about that. I made I made five. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, yeah. I got my uh, my wife's on a girl's trip this weekend, so I got the uh, seven, five, and three-year-old by myself. So this is, this is perfect. Cut I got out the babysitter. You. I got the Are babysitter over just guests? to give me an hour to talk Illinois hoops with the, uh, with the crew here. The fans should love that, man. Dedication. Hell yeah. Sacrifice, bro. All right, well, let's hop right into some of the X's and O's. We're going to recash game the other night, Thursday. Um, Awesome college basketball game, double OT. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't see those very often. You probably get a handful of those um, per season in all of the, um, you know, NCAA. Um, Just a great game, a great finish. Um, Battle to the end. I mean, it looked pretty bleak there. When Michigan went on that run, um, you know, at the end of regulation in the first overtime. But obviously, I think some home cooking helped. Um, the crowd helped and obviously battled to a, which is could be a humongous win regarding, um, you know, seeding for the Big Ten tournament coming up. Yeah, it's like, where do you even start with this game, right? I mean, you got all this stuff going on beforehand. I know we're going to get into it later, but Matt Meyer misses two days of practice. Um, Epps is out with uh, what sounds like a really, really bad concussion that he, you know, had to spend some time in the hospital um, and his parents are down and everything. So we had a really shortened bench. I just think um, what really stuck out about this game is just how tough Coach Underwood makes his teams, right? It doesn't always look pretty. Mm-hmm. We get on this this pod and we talk about all the shot selection and how, you know, X, Y, and Z is going wrong. But at the end of the day, I just kept thinking, you know, towards the end of that game. And then once they hit overtime, just what a tough, gritty team he he puts together every year. I mean, Coleman Hawkins didn't come out of the game in a double overtime game, I don't think. Um, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we'll get into all the X's and O's, but I just thought, man, what a tough team. Yeah, it was an impressive win. Two good teams, two well-coached teams. Um and they just battled it out. And those are the type of college games that get talked about, you know, for a long time because it's just those overtime games are fun. You're, you're locked in. You're, you're, you're on your seats. You're on your edge of your seats. Um, a, lot of edu- um, a lot of execution down the stretch. And, um, you know, guys came out and played hard. And I'm gonna just going to say it. I've, Ty Rogers, is, he's became probably my favorite Illini. You know, just the stuff he does on the court, the stuff that he brings to the team, the energy every day. He's the definition of an everyday guy. So... You know, that's the type of guy you want to bring in your foxhole. How good was yeah. RJ Melendez, by the way? That's that's Coming one of the notes I have written down, Absolutely. Bill. Good call. So the two takeaways I had from this game is is um, 
Underwood, obviously. I mean, Dane only played. What did he play? He didn't play in the second. Eight minutes. It was so weird. And they got the yeah, he got the he, first two touches too, which I was excited. I, know, I thought about. he was good in the first half. That, yeah. Something's going on there. We have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's clear he wanted to go small though. Underwood, obviously, mm-hmm. which is weird because of Dickinson. Um, yeah, Dickinson. I mean, he's such a load. But uh, like you said, Bill Coleman Hawkins played mostly at the five. But um, my other biggest takeaway was R.J. Melendez, like you said, Brandon. Um, he made some big plays down the stretch. Um, I mean, he didn't go off for, for 25 points or anything, but I thought he was so much more confident and assertive. Mm-hmm. I made a huge three. Um, and that is a key, I think, for them over these next few weeks, you know, because um, he's been a little bit of a quote-unquote letdown um, this year. You know, he struggled, really, really struggled the first half of the season. Um, there were a couple games where he didn't even find the floor much. Um but if his confidence is rolling, I think that helps. I mean, it just opens up the court. It takes so much pressure off of Meyer and Taryn Shannon, um, you know, to be consistent scorers. Yeah. Um, and I really thought in the second half, he made some great decisions, got some great, you know, slashes to the rim and made, you know, some, so and he's, like you said, Bill, he's so bouncy. Yeah, so athletic. It's almost like they tried to make him a shooter this year just because he can shoot. And at the end of the day, when you see his dunks and you see his slashing ability, it's like, that's not what he is. Like, right. Like he is, he is so good in the open floor. And I thought like, that's one of my notes. One of my call outs is we finally like force transition. I thought that made us like, how many times did Terrence Shannon, even a couple of times he was out of control, but still like he pushed the ball down their throats. He got to the front of the rim and he put the onus on the refs to call fouls. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love when this team runs <laughs> our, our, one of our biggest attributes that I don't think people talk about enough is our athleticism. Totally. You know, Terrence Shannon looks like a, I mean, he looks like an NFL, like, tight end out there. Like, he, run, he must run like a 4 Yeah, and so, I don't know. I just think we're so athletic. We finally pushed the ball. And then we had another one of those games. I mean, if this goes the other way and we're not excited about a win, it's another one of those games where we just were like, all right, Dickinson's just going to get his, right? Like, the whole second half, he had Coleman Hawkins on him and literally did whatever he wants. So, again, we've said this basically ever after every tough game, but I, I think it's an analytical thing, right? Like, I think I think the staff must be really in analytics, and they're like, I think that is part of the reason we have the shot selection we do on offense. It's like we're going to take all twos and dunks, and if you're going to take a bad shot, it's going to be a bad three, right? Yeah. And then we're not going to double on defense. We're gonna we're gonna try our hardest to front, and if he catches the ball, you just everyone plays straight up, and we're going to defend the three, right? So they they really value taking a lot of threes on offense, and they they value not giving up threes on defense. So I just, I don't know. Those were kind of my last points about the Michigan game. It was, it's interesting because we ended up winning it. But at the end of the day, that, I just feel like it could come back to bite us in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, look, I think their approach to Dickinson was a little bit more aggressive than it was to Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Obviously, they doubled Trace Jackson a little bit. This game, I felt like they doubled a lot more. You know, they did a better job and they rotated pretty well. Uh, Michigan's a good team. They got some shooters uh, and, Obviously, Juwan Howard is going to find ways to to punish that, but um, they came out with a lot of energy. And as, as far as RJ Melendez is is concerned, I don't disagree with you, Sam. But I feel like he's got one of those shots that, you know, obviously it's a pretty form. It doesn't mean you can shoot the ball well or not. It's a pretty form, and I think it's a lot of confidence. You know, he's coming in, he's playing with guys Matt Meyer, uh, uh, Terrence Shannon, Dane Danger, guys at eight Epps, guys that have been making plays all season long. And, you know, a lot of these guys are, are new faces. So he's probably faced with a situation where like, yo, I've been here. Like, you know, I'm kind of not not necessarily swept under the rug, but he's not necessarily the focal point of the offense, you know. But 
obviously he's been getting his confidence back in the last couple of games. This game he came out. Other than athleticism, he's 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 doing things well on the on the defensive end, and he's and he's making the right plays, and you can see that he's having a little bit more fun out there than he was before. Yeah, Brandon, it feels it feels like he's he's personally feeling a little less pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, it looked he was early on in the season like he was pressing so much because, like you said, he's had been here before yeah. and he's been in the program, so the expectations for him were probably a little bit higher. Uh, so you can see that he was pressing to really, really try and make an impact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a noticeable impact. And a lot of times, uh, as you guys know, um, a- as a role player on a good team, there's so many different ways to make an impact. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to stick out in a sense. If you just do your job um, and limit mistakes, that has a positive impact, you know, on the game and on the team. Um, and I-, I think he's fell into that a little, a little bit. Better. I think some of it has to do with, um, which we'll talk about, you know, Jaden Epps being out. So obviously more minutes were available. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's getting more comfortable. But I think he's a key. Him and Ty Rogers off the bench, um, like you guys said. Uh, Ty Rogers, wow. I mean, he's grown up really fast. Oh and this guy's playing one through five, damn near. He's playing one he's through a winning five. Player. And he's backing people down from the three point line and making plays. Like he's, he's so he's, strong. His skill set has improved so much from the start of the season to now. It's very impressive to see what he's done. In one key stat in this game, I know the the numbers are a little inflated because there was ten extra minutes and it was double overtime. But thirty four free throws, Mm-mm. the line I shot. Yeah, that we made shows a lot of them me. Too. Yeah, yeah, twenty six for thirty four, seventy seven percent from the line. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just shows me that. They were aggressive. They were imposing their will. The Terrence Shannon Juniors, you know, were were getting downhill and imposing their will on getting in the paint and mm-hmm. making stuff happen. And um, you guys know when you start a game and throughout the course of a game, when you're the aggressor, a lot of times the whistles kind of go your way yeah. versus if you're on your heels and stuff. And I, I thought they did a good job of imposing their will. Thinking to the line 25, 30 times. I mean, I, I think that's an ingredient uh, for success because of how athletic and physical they are. For sure. I, speak, speaking of you saying that, I thought the refs were horrible. This is the first game. Come on. This is the fir- I mean, college refs are notoriously bad, right? But this is the Agreed. first game. Well, all let's say this first. It's a like, hard job, but yeah, continue. Because I'm going to buy the Yeah, absolutely. It, but both coaches in the uh, post games were like, what the hell is going on? Like, they, like the Coleman Hawkins goaltend, like, that wasn't even close. Like, he blocked that. Three three inches before it hit the backboard. And they didn't even review it or anything. I don't know. I felt like maybe I'm turning it too much into a fan. But they just like, uh, that was a game where you noticed the refs way too much. Yeah, I mean, the thing about, and, uh, go ahead, my bad. I mean, cut you off. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. I'm just thinking to myself, as, as much money as college basketball makes, and I think I heard this is only happening, what I'm about to say is only happening in like minor league baseball, where if you, they, they throw a pitch, um says ball or a strike and then they point and they go and look at the board and it's a live review of what happened and they say no it was a ball okay ball move on took three seconds to do that right how do we not do this in college basketball to make the game a lot easier for everyone involved just simple stuff the goaltend okay we we don't we don't like this call look people at the score table and i was clean all right we're gonna go to the way or it's a jump ball just little stuff like that and you can't do it all the time because then you're gonna be doing it all game because the refs have a hard job they're not perfect but at the same time, look, these 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 this is these guys' livelihoods. These guys are playing for their lives, they're playing for their jobs. And you got guys coming out here trying to make I don't I don't think they're trying to make it about them, but 
<laughs> they're starting to make it about them and it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah, I agree with the review. And the funny thing is, if there is ever a review, it's not like you said, Brandon, like, or it's five seconds. Like us watching at home, we're like, okay, like it's obvious. Yeah. Like you just switch the call or keep it. Like it's obvious what the correct call is. And then they have like a, the refs have like a little meeting too. Like little after they go to the pow, scores pow. table, yeah. they like back off onto the court and then they like, you know, have a meeting. In they're like covering, they're like, they're like, and then they, and then they go doing? to each coach and talk to each coach and explain it to them. And they Rick show Roberto. the coaches like, it's a full one's pissed off, one's, one's fine with it. And then <laughs> yeah. the fans boo or cheer. It's like an event, you know, you should it have takes, 15 seconds, 12 minutes. You, you should have 15 seconds to walk over and say, if there's indisputable evidence to change the call, yeah. like, yeah, that, I mean, they should be the, on the clock. Yeah, exactly. And it's then like, if they don't do it in time, one of the refs are gone. No, yeah. in, in, in our game last night, uh, they hit a shot going into halftime and the ref raved it off and then they reviewed it. We come back out. Um, they still said it was no after they reviewed it. And so the refs come out and the fans boo. And I'm thinking to myself, how are you booing? They literally just watched a video of what was going on. But then I thought about it again. There's been a lot of cases where refs will go watch a video and still blow the call like they did against Texas. Like, I don't understand how that's happening too. So we got to figure something. We got to figure something. Yeah. So overall, just, just a quality win. Um, and a quality win in the right way. Like you said, Bill, just a tough, hard nose, grinded out, uh, typical Big Ten win. So. Let's move into uh, some scouting report. So last game of the season upon us uh, tomorrow at Purdue. Uh, interesting because everybody's jockeying for, you know, uh, seating in the Big Ten like we talked about. Uh, currently, what is it, six, seven, or eight teams, all 11 and eight, tied for second in the Big Ten. Um, and everybody's playing this weekend. So uh, there's a lot that could happen. Um, I, I do think one interesting thing, and I haven't even seen the line yet, Bill. I don't know if you've, you've checked, but... Um, Purdue's, Purdue's clinched the Big Ten regular season. So, um, listen, I, I don't want to say that they have nothing to play for. I mean, we're talking about number one seed in the tournament here for them, NCAA tournament, that is. Um, so they're certainly not gonna, just going to lie down. But a situation where I think Illinois controls their own destiny, if I'm not wrong, I think if we go in and beat Purdue, I think we're locked into uh, a double buy. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a, a good situation. You control your own destiny. Now, listen, Purdue's a, a top five team in the country and a very, very, very tough place to win, as you both know. Um, so talk about mindset going into to, to, to tomorrow. So first of all, it's super weird Big Ten season, right? There's seven teams at 11 and eight, which is bananas. Like, it's, I can't even fathom, like, mathematically how that works out. Um, the thing that scares me a little bit about it was the kind of the running stat I've been keeping all year about our record versus the top top half of the Big Ten versus the bottom half. Um, obviously, Purdue is the pinnacle. But then, again, you look at our non-conference season, and we're I think someone tweeted the other day, we're actually 2-0 and against the net top 10 teams in the country. So um, this, where I do start to feel better about the game, is like what you said, Sam, like what do you have to lose? Like if you lose, you know, you're probably supposed to lose to the top team in the country. They've already clinched. Maybe there's a little letdown on their end, or maybe like Matt Painter will come in you know, and, and maybe try and rest some guys. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think that's a horrible idea. Um, so I don't know. It's very interesting. That game is the type of game in my mind that maybe changes you two seeds in the NCAA tournament, right? I think right now we're probably in that eight, nine game or around that range. I think, you know, you beat Purdue and you go into the Big Ten tournament and you snag a win. All of a sudden it's like, uh, six, seven doesn't, doesn't seem too far off. And, and that's a huge difference. We've already basically had a whole episode talking about that difference. So I think uh, the you know final thought on this really scares me, the fact that we really had like a seven-man rotation in a 49-minute game um, from Coleman Hawkins. 
like this is the time of year you need to be really cognizant of how much rest your best players are getting they get worn down without even knowing it and um yeah to have that type of game and then go straight into purdue this is going to be you know i opened up the episode talking about how tough we are this is this is gut check time here yeah i mean you go out there like you said not much to lose team that's supposed to win on paper for them to win this game, they have to basically kind of flip the switch. The shot selection can't be like it has been. You know, the turnovers have to to calm down a little bit. You know, they're getting it done on the defensive end for the most part, and uh, they just got to be consistent throughout the game. You know, free throws got to lock down. The last game, obviously, our free throw shooting was much better than the previous previous matches. Uh, but you know, it's it's like you said, rest. We we had seven guys playing. We got we got guys out. Um, how how much effort do you put into this game? You can't just go there and just just to go there, just to lay an egg, you know, because it's it's leading into the Big Ten tournament, right? So you want to have some good momentum going into that. Um, but it's it's a winnable game. You can go there, play, you know, and until the last five minutes, four minutes, and it's still a game. Then you know it's anybody's game. Yeah, the, the, for me, the, this this game screams flat, coming out flat because of their history. Um, it, it's a it's a early or late morning, early afternoon game um, on Fox. Uh, the last one of these we had, I think, was Ohio State, right? And we just completely came out flat. So, and we've done that a few times throughout the season, which we've talked about. So, to me, coming off that big Michigan win, like it screams like Illinois is going to come out flat, you know. So that's what my one biggest thing is: let's put forty minutes together. I want to see forty minutes of competitive, you know, playing hard. Um, Illinois basketball, what, mm-hmm. what kind of, you know, th- they want to be and model themselves after. Um, so that'd be my biggest thing. If you win, you win, right? I mean, they're capable of beating them, right? Like you said, Bill, they've, we've beaten two top 10 teams. On the other side, this is also the kind of game I, I could see us winning, you know? Um, and that's kind of like the Jekyll and Hyde thing we've been dealing with all season. Like, what kind of team are we going to get? Big game on Fox, um, last game of the year a chance to send a message to Purdue, a chance, like you said, Bill, I think I think every game now is totally jockeying for NCAA seeding. Um, we've been anywhere from six to nine the last few weeks. And like you said, as, as five or six seed, um, it's a lot better than an eight, nine. Um, so I want to see 40 minutes of competitive, tough basketball on the road, um, a designed rotation. I want to see us just grind, 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 and, you know, go – in there and, and see what we can do for sure i want to see the plan for ed too like that um, is there one <laughs> i hope that dude's huge i hope it's not danger island again uh like yeah, the trace jackson tough. davis first game um but uh, there's got to be something else like he's just you know he's a he's different than your average big guy mm-hmm. he's seven four and uh averages the most you know paint touches in the country the most free throws in the big 10 uh, I, I'm interested to see that that game plan. It just can't be. We'll see if what he makes and what he misses. I'm interested to see what, what is Purdue. I haven't watched a ton of Purdue this year. I saw the Purdue Indiana game. Um, what do they do with him defensively? Like, so if I'm if I'm a team going against Purdue on the offensive end, like obviously your goal is to get him out of the paint as much as you can, right? Run a bunch of high yeah, ball screens and stuff like right that. Get him away from the basket. But does he just sit there and they probably. just like kind of? Yeah. Rotate I think it, I think it depends on uh, it depends on the matchup. I think he prefers right, like you said, when he's guarding someone that can't shoot, like a big that can't shoot, like he'll pull right back in front of the rim. Right. But I have okay. seen him like I watched the um, the Penn the Penn State game where they tried to put five shooters out there and um, 
and he he did have to chase ball screen. He's, he moves better than most seven four yes. guys do. He's not like your typical most seven like, four guys. How know, many seven four fall. guys do you know, Bill? Well, I think of like uh, Taco Fall, right? Who could play like five minutes and then would have to come out, and then you could put him in a ball screen, and like he kind of made him look a little silly. And uh, but he doesn't do like he can play the whole game, and he plays pretty normal defense. Uh, I don't know. It's he's Coleman he's a Hawkins. Tough one to do. This could be a good big game for if we, if we throw him at the five a little bit, like they've done the last few games, and he's doing some pick and pop stuff. I know. I, I would tell the him answer, going into the game, sorry, like, go catch ahead. and shoot, because yeah. like you said, nothing to lose, just catch and shoot. If you're open, shoot the ball, let it fly. Second guessing. Purdue's role players are much better than they get credit for. Like they're, you know, I mean, they're number one in the country for a reason. But they they really impressed me. Like you watch the game and you're like, oh my gosh, Edie's a load. And then all of a sudden, like throughout the whole entire game, you're like, oh my god, these. There's a reason like they painter has put this cast together because if you double on him, like they're going to punish you yeah, one way or shooters. another. Yeah. So I don't I know. think if we. I think if we do go in there and beat them, I think that takes care of the NCAA seeding, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think I we'll think, secure second place first round solo big, in the Big Ten, which is huge. Yeah. And I don't think any, whatever happens in the Big Ten then, if we lay an egg in the, in the, you know, our first game, I still think we're not slipping below a five or six seed by any yep. means if we go in there and win this game. So playing with a little bit of house money. Um, all right. Let's, let's transition to uh, Word on Campus, one of our favorite segments. We have... Uh, a little uh, tidbit from Matthew Meyer that happened over this uh, last few days um, before the um, before the Michigan game. Uh, in his media session, uh, Matt Meyer talked about how he's been sick the last few days, so he missed a f- few days of practice um, from caffeine poisoning. Which I've never heard of, uh, but it's, you know, sa- he said, it says Matt Meyer said he drank five monster energy drinks while playing video games on Sunday after the Ohio State game. Um, and this was his first day back at practice for the Michigan game. So uh, the floor is yours, Bill. And then Brandon, I'll let you follow that up. Yeah. I mean, I don't, this is the most asinine thing I think I've ever heard from like an elite level athlete who's looking to go to the next level. To be honest, like I love the kid. I hope he wins, goes to a sweet 16 and wins the national championship. And, he had nine points in double overtime, so maybe it's like who who fucking cares? But this is like this is some this is one of those things I checked like eight different twit tweets, like to make sure like I wasn't still dreaming. Like he said, like the first tweet I read that said he had five monster energy drinks because he likes to game and in a caffeine induced euphoria. And I'm thinking to myself, what? like I like first of all, I like I you know I used to be like a Call of Duty gamer, like. I'm not judging him for the gaming or anything. Like, that's fine. Like, you got to do something in your free time when you're not balling. But man, like, that, it, my seven year old knows how bad that would be for you. Like, and like, like Sam said earlier, like, it's not like this is a freshman. Like, you, you might expect this out of like a freshman. He's a fifth year senior. And I, so I don't know. This is just like, I just keep shaking my head. I still can't even believe that. Like, first of all, this is the type of thing, like, if it actually happened, like, the type of thing most programs would like keep totally buried down and be like oh yeah he was he was sick right but they wouldn't put what he actually did and then they asked brad about it and i'm starting to understand why brad sometimes like there's been a lot of blurbs that have come out through the whole season that's just like we don't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff he's got a weird personality and i just but but like what is he supposed to do right they ask him after the game they're like hey we heard about this caffeine induced uh illness from five monster energy drinks and he's just like no like he was really like no comment can't can't make it up basically like 
what what is he supposed to say about his star player two days before the tournament? I don't know. That's my take on it. Matt Meyer just came out and said it. He's like, yeah, I had five energy drinks. Oh, yeah, he didn't. I would have came came up with something that's so much more creative. So much more. People were wearing like monster energy drink shirts to the game with him like double fisting yeah. monsters. <laughs> it's a vibe, bro. You know He's what I think brand. this was? It was He's a, a mullet, this, I guess. This this was a ploy to get a advertisement money from Monster Energy. You know, he's definitely got yeah, some right. something going on because that's that entire story, like you said, Bill, is asinine. It makes no sense to me. Five, like first of all, wait, hold on. Five? Let me tell you something. I don't drink energy explode. drinks. I mean, my we all have our bias. You know, we all have what we want to do. Like you said, you got to keep your mind off of bat. It can't be on basketball all times, you know? Um, but like, I don't, I just don't understand that. It's, it's wild to me. I can't even, I don't even, I don't even have thoughts. I just remember my drink of choice in college was like Red Bull Vodkas and, and I drank them religiously. And now yeah. because of that, I haven't had Red Bull or vodka since my last day at cams, you know, my last, the last time I left cams in 2013, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm retired from this. So I can only imagine five and to have poisoning after that. It's just like, that's wild. But there's something going on. He's getting some bread from Monster for sure. Because I, I seen, I seen before, I didn't even know the story, by the way. I didn't know the story until you guys just told me this right before we got on. I saw a press conference of him with two monsters. I was like, oh, he's getting a little monster, monster money, man. It's like a UFC press conference. And I'm like, oh, when did that happen? He had a presser with, he was drinking two monsters? No, there was two monsters to his side. And I was oh, just like, he's got something. He's, I said, he that's knows wild. what he's doing. Yeah, now, that's like the Roger sense. Federer deal. I said, that's wild. Yeah. That's a lot of, like, can you imagine? Like, we, we used to get in trouble if we got a free sandwich from Quiznos in college. And now these guys are getting monster uh, advertisement money. I'm not mad at it. I just think the story is, you know, I could have came up with a little bit more creative story than that. That's funny. But he had 24 and seven. So maybe he's going to drink five again or drinking five today or five last night. So that's he's a said. bucket. Make no mistake. And if he goes, get, gets 24 and seven, drink all the monster you want. It's probably in his Gatorade bottle on the bench. Yo, I mean, what was, about like um, who's advising him? Like, what do what the NBA scouts think of? Like, he's the he's he's got a chance to play at the next level, doesn't he? Like, yeah, with the size and weight. Like, shoot. I don't like for me, this is just like a mind boggling decision to tell the truth about this. Uh, and like Sam said, like, he came out and he balled out. But at the end of the day, it's like now anything that happens, right? Like they've had an up and down. Sam calls it the Jekyll and Hyde. They have like he has a, a slow game, right? And they get beat by Ohio State. Now everyone's going to be thinking like, did he stay up till 5 a.m. playing Call of Duty last <laughs> night? Or Like why why give people the ammunition? Like some things you just got to let. I don't lie. think he cares, to be honest. Bill, I don't think he does seems either. like his like vibe is of just course like, whatever. He's out here just hooping. Bill, what I'm happens hiring. if you, what happens if we're standing in the court and somebody walks in and tells Coach McClain or Coach Weber, hey, Bill's not going to make it today because he was playing video games since <laughs> 5 in the morning and he got caffeine poisoning from Monster. You would get a phone uh-huh. call. You would get a phone call. Uh-huh. Hey, Adam is on his way to pick you up. Be outside of your apartment in about 10 minutes and you're yeah. practicing today. <laughs> but yeah. that been I think it. they would make you move. I think they would literally like make you move and get a new room. Like that's someone that could watch you. Like that's for real, for real, for real. The babysitter. Honestly, like they used to. I've Bruce used to go off about video curfews. games. He, Bruce used to go off about video games, and no one even really played them. So like no. he would, he would be like, play, play that shit when you're dead. It, it was like stuff that didn't even make sense. <laughs> She'd be like, he didn't want you to sleep either. He'd be like, sleep and play video games when you die. And you're like, man, I like I played one game. You know, it's like it's yeah. crazy. I mean, at the end of the uh, day, they are eighteen to twenty two year old kids, right? So there's yeah, got to so be a little bit of that. I'm all um, about him playing video games. Just chill with the monsters. Your heart's going to explode. 
So let's talk a little bit about, um, so Jaden Epps, obviously, you know, the news was he went down early in the week in practice um, and then was hospitalized for a little bit and what they're calling a very, um, you know, bad concussion. So thoughts and prayers are with Jaden. Hopefully he can get back as soon as he can. Um, but that's that's something that um, a player that you you need to have down the stretch, right? Um, I mean, I think tomorrow is whatever is whatever. It's the last game of the regular season. Um, but you want him fully healthy, ready to go um, in, in the NCAA tournament. And obviously the doctors and stuff will decide, you know, when he's ready to play and he's healthy enough to play without risking anything further to his to his health. But um, Jaden's a guy we got to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had an obviously tremendous freshman year. Um, he's our, our one true point guard we have on the roster. Um, he can score in bunches. He's shown that um, he can make big, big plays down the stretch. He's sealed a few games with some free throws. A lot of confidence um, in this game. Yeah, a lot of confidence. And he's been he's been through a, a heck of a freshman season and gotten a boatload of experience, especially on the road and in some tough situations. So he's a guy we need. Yeah, for sure. This is a new, new day and age with concussions, I think. You know, I had one when I was there. I was, like, knocked out cold, and I think I played, like, two days later. But we've had some bad luck with them, right? Terrence Shannon just missed just missed one. I think we had a, um, someone miss one earlier in the season with one. So this sounds like this one was really bad in order to, like, spend overnight in the hospital. So like you said, Sam, it's just unfortunate uh, situation. You don't want to have this at any point in your life, but – um, you know, especially right before you play the number one team in the country and then go to the Big Ten tournament and then go to the NCAA tournament. So timing's really poor, but then you got it, you know, it's always next man up mentality when you have a tough team. That's where, you know, we didn't mention his name, but uh, now is a better time than ever. Luke Goody got in and thought he played his ass off. I think he only had two points, but I mean, hey, that was my, uh, that's what that's what I built a living on in Illinois, right? And he changed the game. He dove on the floor. He had like yeah. three or four tie-ups for loose balls. Make that's the type of stuff that's going to take his mind off the shooting. Um, and he's going to all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's going to make two or three threes in a big game. Right. So I love that. I lo- obviously, we hit on Melendez. So while Epps is out, you got to look to your brothers to pick you up a little bit. I think that's what this team's really good at. And I think they'll be okay until he gets back. Who's a team? Obviously, I, I looked on, on the internet. There's like 123 different scenarios or something like algorithms that could happen for Big Ten tournament seeding or whatnot. Um, but wh- who's a matchup you'd want to see? And who's, a, or, and who's a matchup you don't want to see in the Big Ten tournament? I don't want to see Penn State. I mean, it's true. You well, know, we owe them one. We, we, we owe them one, but we've seen it time and time again. When you got a player who's capable of going for 30, yeah, 40, point. high 20s, we've struggled with that. So any team with that kind of like X factor where they kind of are the head of the snake. We haven't figured out how to cut the head up the head of the snake yet. So I don't really want to see guys that have damaged us in the past, to be honest. Maybe this is getting too creative with the answer, but I do not care if we lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament. Like the last couple of years we've like gone to the championship game and we've won it. I think that tournament, the Big Ten plays it literally three days before you leave for the NCAA tournament. Like, we're the last conference to finish, and then the Selection Sunday show is right after the championship game. I think, you know, there's a million different scenarios. Bruce talked about it when he was on why the Big Ten underperforms the NCAA tournament. I hate the fact that yes. we ask these teams, we ask these good teams to play three or four games in three or four days, and then we immediately send them to like Portland or something or San Diego or to play an opening round game, and we wonder why they look flat. So that's my overly creative answer. But to actually give you a real answer, 
Um, I think about like the two I rivalries, right? So Indiana and Iowa. I'd love to, if we're going to go deep, I'd love to get on the opposite side of the bracket and, uh, you know, get our rubber mat. Not, mm-hmm. It's not really a rubber match, but get our third game against Indiana yeah. and beat them. And then uh, Iowa as well. Those It's always nice beating our neighbors to the West. Yeah, I think Iowa is a tough matchup for us. As, as evidence, and in, in obviously we've only played them once and we had to go there, but that'd be a nice rematch. Um, I kind of do want to avoid Northwestern in a sense because um, they're so good defensively and we've struggled when teams force us to be stagnant offensively and we can't get out in transition and stuff. So I think we'd struggle versus them. But like we said, there's so many different scenarios. Who knows? Um, and Bill, like you said, frankly, um, who cares? Might be better for this team not to have to go, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then be completely gassed, um, especially if they're handing out Monster Energy drinks on the on the bus and everybody's pounding five Monster Energies. Probably not doesn't bode well for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Right. Um, so anyways, so let, let's wrap it up. Um, last game of the season tomorrow, like we said, we'd like to see Illinois come out with a full 40-minute effort um, on both ends of the floor. Uh, Bill, you mentioned, I think we're playing with house money. What do we have to lose, right? Obviously, we'd, wa- we'd want to get into that double buy scenario to get some extra rest. Um, but at the same time, Purdue's already clinched. Um, let's go in there and, and see what we can do and, and see if we can get some guys to step up and, and get some confidence moving forward into um, next weekend at, at the Big Ten Tourney in Chicago. So um, both you guys, thanks for joining. Um Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of, of Champagne Room Hoops podcast. Um, we are planning to see you guys um, with another pod midweek next week. And then we actually have a live pod event in Chicago at Over Under Bar um, in Lincoln Park. So um, if anybody's in the area um, in Chicago on Friday, uh, March 10th from 3 to 7 p.m., again, Over Under Bar. Um, in Lincoln Park on Halstead in Chicago, uh, sponsored by you know, New Amendment uh, with Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner. Um, Evan will actually be in attendance, and we're going to have every team um, that has podcasts throughout the season represented there, and we're going to do like a 30-minute uh, live session. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, again, you two, thanks for joining. Good seeing you guys. Uh, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.